I remembered something I'd once read. That a representative owes the people not only his industry, but his judgment. And he betrays them if he sacrifices it to their opinion. That was written by Edmund Burke, a member of the British Parliament. America is exceptional because we embraced freedom, because we enshrined it in our documents, because we have lived and fought for the principles of freedom. We must protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The Constitution is not some list of the limited rights that the people have, because in our system, the government is limited, and the people's rights are limitless. Ninth and Tenth Amendments say, any right not listed here is still a right for the people. And any power not given to the federal government here is still a power that the federal government doesn't have. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That civility is not a sign of weakness, and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, Ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. This is FritzCast. Welcome to another edition, another Monday edition of the FritzCast. It's Monday, September 19th, 2016. How are you all doing today? It is, let me just start off because I'm sitting in my studio. Uh, I still have yet to get a comfy computer, like, desk chair, so I don't feel... Like, when I'm sitting behind the mic, I don't feel official right now. I feel like I would feel official if I had, like, a nice... It doesn't even have to be leather, and it doesn't have to be full of bells and whistles. It just... It needs to be a computer chair, you know what I mean? Something I can lean back in. But I need to redo this desk anyway. I want a nice corner desk. I want to be able to reposition my microphone, lean back a little bit, and, you know... But that's beside the point. I'm looking out my windows right now. It is pouring down rain. I thought about taking my five-mile walk this morning, and uh, I wrote it off because it was it was damp out. It looked like it had just rained. And my wife was like, well, why don't you just go out for a walk anyway? It's just a little rain. It's not going to kill you. And I said to her, no, because you go take a walk, and it's it's lightly raining or it looks like it stopped, and then it starts pouring down rain, and you're like a mile away from the house or better, and it's going to take you time to get home, and now you got to get soaking wet, drenched, and my cell phone's going to die, and 900 other things. So I'm just not going to take a walk today. It, it kind of sucks, but I can do stuff at home. I can do push-ups. I can do crunches. I can do squats. I can do a bunch of stuff at home. It's just kind of boring, I guess, but you can make it not boring. What did you guys think of the intro? today. Uh, that's I said I was going to use that song. It's from Hero Board on YouTube. Go check them out. You can download and utilize their music for free uh, as long as you credit them. That's why there's a credit in the description. 
as well because I'm I'm a cheap bum right now. I can't pay for licensing rights for music. It's expensive as crap. Uh, but I said a while ago, I played an intro similar to that one, but it was with some different quotes. And I said, I, I think maybe I'm going to start the show off every month and have it be that theme and just switch up the quotes and all that. I, I've decided against doing it every month, but I can do it on special occasions. And uh, just over the past uh, weekend was Constitution Day. You might not have known that. It's a lesser-known, lesser-publicized, lesser-celebrated day. It's celebrated on September 17th because it was September 17th, 1787, that delegates of the Constitutional Convention signed the document in Philadelphia, the nation's original capital. So that's why you had uh, some focus on the Constitution in there. The quotes that I used started off with, and I think it's going to start off every time with that, is actually ripped from 1776, the musical, uh, stated by Dr. Lyman Hall, delegate from Georgia, to John Adams. It's at a time, towards the end of that film, I mean, the struggle in that film, a lot of people hear 1776 musical and they go, what a joke. They, They think... Really, a musical that's based on American history and all that, really. Uh, actually, it, expert, it, it, it excellently highlights the struggle between uh, the different colonies when it came to coming together and voting on independence. Uh, heavily, heavily highlights some of the problems and the issues. And at that point the entire Southern delegation had pretty much walked out after reading Thomas Jefferson's passage on slavery. They had a big argument about slavery, and South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, they all left. They all walk out of the, uh, of the Continental Congress. And John Adams sings a song uh, titled, Is Anybody There?, because he feels like he's at the end of the at the end of his rope. He feels like that they were so close to agreeing and building the terms of of coming together and forming a nation, and it all goes up in flames because the South walks out. In the very beginning of the movie, Doctor Lyman Hall, when he comes into the convention, he says, "People ask him. Everybody that comes in, they always get asked, what's your stance on independence? What's what's New England's stance on independence? What's New Jersey's stance on independence?'" Doctor Lyman Hall shows up to represent Georgia. The first thing they ask him, "Where do you stand on independence?" And he says something along the lines of, "I'm not sure whether representing the people means taking into consideration their interests or my own." And then he. He comes back after leaving, after this dispute in in the Congress. He comes back and he quotes Edmund Burke, member of British Parliament, saying that a representative of the people owns uh, owes them not only his industry but his judgment, which tells him that he has to be a, a better a better I don't want to say judge, maybe analyzer. He can analyze the situation a little bit better than just the general people can. I think it's a good quote, though. I think it makes interesting things. The next quote about the Constitution and about the, the government powers being limited and the right of the people being unlimited, that's from Ben Sass. He said it at CPAC uh, this past year, I believe. 
Then we go into uh, the middle section, which is Glenn Beck at his CPAC speech this year, uh, quoting the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, something else that I truly 100% believe in, and that'll probably always be in this intro as well. But then the quotes, some of the quotes around it change. Um, immediately following him is, is JFK. And uh, JFK's inauguration speech, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask not what America can do for you. Let's see what we can all do together. And also, in the beginning, too, is Rand Paul talking about the Constitution enshrining freedom in our documents. So if you're just sitting there thinking there are a bunch of quotes that I just threw in there to sound inspirational and all that crap, it's not. Each one of those strikes me as interesting on on a level. It, it resonates with me somehow. That, that, that They're close to home. I didn't. Just, it's not just looking for, you know, is this inspirational and can I throw it in? No. It's stuff that I actually really, truly like and believe. By the way, last week, I don't know if I mentioned it, but my wife's birthday was September 14th, and thanks to my cunning this year and some, some good friends, uh, managed to pull off a successful birthday surprise. I took her to Longwood Gardens in Pennsylvania. Uh, they had a nightscape, what they call it. You, we went at like 8 o'clock at night. So it's dark, and they have light shows that go on all around the gardens. Very cool stuff. Light shows, music, sound. Very, very interesting experience, if I may say so. Never been to something like that before. I wasn't even quite sure what to expect uh, when I made the reservations. Not reservations. When I bought the tickets for it for that night. I wasn't sure... What I was getting into, I, I wasn't sure what a light show, what a light and sound show was, but I mean, it was really, it was cool. It's not like going to a concert, but it was, you know, walking around the garden, seeing these different light shows that they had set up, and they have very cool special effects and timing with the music and all that. It very, very interesting. If you ever, if you have like botanical gardens around, and you're considering they have some kind of like nightscape or night show that they're offering, go check it out. I think I think this was like, honestly, I don't want to give the price because my wife's probably listening. But it was like thirty bucks a pop to go to it, so it was interesting for sure. She 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 had a she had a good time doing it. So, other than that, though, I feel like this week has been busy as shit. I I do. I've been busy uh, between work, between school. It is a little bit ridiculous. I feel like, you know, you ever have like a couple of weeks where like your social life is up? And you know what it is? It's 4 to 12. I, I Let me rant. Let me rant a little bit on 4 to 12. Working 4 to midnight. It's like my shift is is without a lot of the, the, the stupid little busy work that distracts people. But at the same token, it is... It is like, it's terrible. You can't have a social life on 4 four to midnight. You can't. Because when are people going out and socially doing things? 4 to midnight. That's when they're doing them. So, social life is like out the window. My days off are Monday and Tuesday. Not to say that I don't like Mondays off and sitting in front of this microphone and talking about the subjects of the week. Because I do. Obviously, I do. I pay to put this up. I do it religiously every week. I don't think I've ever missed a week 
aside from like vacation beach week. I don't think I've missed a week because I love doing this. I love analyzing these topics. I love putting my voice out there and I love analyzing things. But this 4 to 12 stuff is killer, man. It really is killer. And I don't have, aside from my wife, I don't have that family aspect. Like, I don't have kids at home. You know, we don't have kids yet. We, we have dogs. We have animals. So, that I mean, I, I guess that kind of counts. Because, not really. Because you can throw your dogs in the backyard and literally not check on them for two hours and they're fine. But, everything else... Throw on top of the fact, like, first off, it's prison. So it's a, it's a rough environment to work in if, you, if you're not thick-skinned. Now, I am. I don't care what people are going to lob at me because I come in and I'm fair and I'm consistent and I do my job. I do my job. I don't go outside the parameters of my job. I do what my job is. And my job as a sergeant is, you know, if the officer's going to write somebody up, if the officer's going to seek discipline, all I'm doing is making sure that it's a legitimate excuse and that the officer documents it right. Like, that is probably the hardest part of my job, is making sure that everybody else is doing things right. So you have this rough environment. You have hours that take away from your social life. And you have days off that take away from your social life and don't help you in any way, shape, or form. I don't have a piece of the weekend. I can't get a piece of the weekend unless I pay my vacation time to get that weekend off. And that's if I'll even get it off. So it's just a little ridiculous. Hopefully that's changing soon. But think about what happened this past week. Think about the things that happened. And the first thing that I'm actually going to cover isn't the bombings, isn't Donald Trump's press conference. It's actually the Commission on Presidential Debates. That's the first thing that I'm firing shots at. Now, I forget what episode it was, but it was a while ago, and I told you a little bit about the Commission on Presidential Debates. I gave you a breakdown. I gave you a historical breakdown from its inception up until now. Uh, especially, I gave you quotes from, I believe it was, it was at the time, Democratic National Committee Chairperson Paul G. Kirk, Republican National Chairman Frank Ferenkoff, Frank Ferenkoff still sits as co-chairman on this board. And I gave you the 1987, I believe it was, quotes from both of them saying that third parties weren't a big deal. They would probably be looked at unfavorably by the commission, although they couldn't really speak for the commission. But in reality, when you're heading the commission and you're saying, well, I don't think third parties should be you know, included or whatever but I'm not going to speak for the committee. You're the head of the committee. You're going to tell me you don't have some kind of little influence, influential pulls or ties into that? I doubt it. But three days ago, this is coming from the New York Times, posted September 16th, written by Alan Rappaport. This is calling him Alan. Alan! Alan! Al! Alan! Al! Al! Alan! Quote, the first presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald J. Trump this month will exclude two leading third-party nominees, Gary Johnson of the Libertarian Party and the Green Party's Jill Steen, the Commission on Presidential Debates announced on Friday. 
The failure to be invited to the September 26th debates at Hofstra University deals a significant blow to Mr. Johnson and Miss Steen, who are desperate for national exposure to promote their long-shot bids for the White House. Their running mates will also not be allowed to participate in the vice presidential debate on October 4th, the commission said. That's right. The CPD, ever unbiased and partisan as they are, not inviting Gary Johnson, not inviting Jill Steen because they're not making 15% average nationally in the polls that the commission says they have to be at 15% in. Now, do I have ill will towards the Commission on Presidential Debates? You damn right I do. Let me start by this. The poll data that the CPD wants to use, these polls that go around, they're not based on who you want to hear debate. They're based on people who have already decided who they're voting for. These people don't even care about the debates coming up. They're not going to watch them, and if they do, they're just watching it to waste time. That's not what a debate is for. That's not what presidential debates are about. They are about hearing the two candidates compare their plans, contrast their plans, pick apart what their plans are, pick apart the differences, highlight why theirs is better. It's a chance for the candidate to present themselves and to actively be engaged in some opposition to their plan. That's kind of what you got in the debates between the nominees while they were going for candidacy. Why they were uh, the debates all throughout the past year before we had nominees for these parties. That's what you had. You had people fighting based on their plans, their policies, procedures. They had open debates on, on stances. You got, you got to criticize your opponent, try to highlight why your plan was better. They got to counterpoint it. And then whoever comes out on top is whoever's more convincing with it, really. Does anybody, nobody wants to watch Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton debate. There's really no point in watching them debate. You, you, you're probably already decided, in fact. So why wouldn't a presidential debate, why wouldn't a presidential debate have another voice or two in there? We're not talking about crowding the stage. We're talking about one to two additional podiums with two ideologies, two parties that aren't about party, they're about ideologies. See, Donald Trump's going to get up there and he's he's barely going to even be a Republican. And Hillary's going to get up there, but wh- wh- what are they really fighting over at this point? At this point, they're fighting over swing states. They literally are fighting over swing states. I just don't see how anybody could see the, the Commission on Presidential De- Debates as an organization that's open and, and about really promoting the best voter interest for America when they can set standards that are a little too rigorous for their debates. And, and there's people that protest my point on this. They say that would crowd the stage and it would just take votes away from the other candidates. Well, you know what? 
These two, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, they deserve to have votes taken from them. They do. If somebody can get up there and convince people to vote neither of them and vote for the, themselves, that's, that's votes that you deserve to lose. All right, let me phrase it to you another way, because the Commission on Presidential Debates, go on to Snopes.com or Google it. News outlets reported this. It was a Quinnipiac University poll telephone survey of likely voters, do you think Gary Johnson, the libertarian candidate for president, should be included in the presidential debates this year or not? 62% said yes. 62% said yes. All right, it was 1,498 likely voters asked. The margin of sampling error is plus minus 2.5 percentage points. Okay, the breakdown was... Of the people they called and talked to, 29% identified themselves as Republican, 34% identified themselves as Democrat, 31% as Independent, and 6% as Other, Don't Know, or Not Affiliated. Or how about posted January 7th, 2015 on Gallup.com, Gallup polls show that an average of 43% of Americans identify as independents in 2014. When Gary Johnson gets up there and he states that you have two candidates that are polar opposites, that are generally unfavorable, he's not making this stuff up. He's not making up the fact that the majority of Americans are now identifying independently and don't side with... Them. They're not down-ticket party voters. They don't go to the booths and just go, I'm a Republican and I'm going to vote Republican. Or I'm a Democrat and I'm going to vote Democrat. They actually... The, insanity! They actually listen to the people who are running and pick the person that they like. Pick the person that fits their beliefs. That represents them best. This data is showing that millennials especially don't like the political game right now. They don't like inaction. They don't like lying. They don't like pandering. They don't. They don't like playing party politics. They don't like the division that's gone on. They are more independent-minded and far different from the established political parties. And they're the voting body that's coming of age, or already at age, and are getting ready to take control of this bitch. I mean, think about this, people. Gary Johnson, okay? I can't... I'm going to get into Jill Steen in a second. But Gary Johnson is on the ballot in all 50 states. He's polling at roughly 10%. And he's excluded from these debates. How do you expect him to go up when he doesn't get as much news coverage as Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? He doesn't get to debate them. He gets to stand on the sidelines. He, he gets to try to push himself for the coverage. He gets to try to push himself in and fight an uphill battle. When you could put him on the debate stage with Trump and Clinton 
And now he's going to get exposure, and he's going to have that direct one-to-one interaction. And he's going to have that debate. He's going to be able to say, you know, Trump's going to be able to say something about a plan that he has. Or, or talk about an issue. And then Gary Johnson can completely counterpoint it right there on the stage, and they can have a back-and-forth rebuttal. Same with him and Clinton, same with all three of them. You know what? It doesn't hurt the American people to put it on there, but you know who it does hurt? It hurts the Democratic Party. It hurts the Republican Party. It hurts both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. They're battling over microscopic numbers, practically. You ever seen deadlock so bad that the American public, it comes down to just mere percentage points? Mere percentage points. I'd rather you have a third candidate in there, and it goes from a a 49-49 vote. I'm sure I've gone over this before. Voter turnout in 2012 for Obama versus Romney was 54.9%, actually down 3.3% from the 2008 elections. And the number of votes was 65,915,796 for Barack Obama, a percentage of 51.1%. And Mitt Romney was 60,933,500 votes, 47.2% of the vote. 2008 was a it was a far more significant victory for Barack Obama with 69,000 69,498,516 or 52.9% of the vote versus McCain's 59,948,323 45.7% of the vote. 2004 election, George Bush 50.7% of the vote, John Kerry 48.3% of the vote. 2001 election, looking at the numbers, you have George Bush at 50,456,002 votes, with Al Gore at 50,999,897 votes, but Bush had the 271 electoral votes, and Al Gore only had 266, which... Begs the question, the Electoral College and how representative it is of the people. But look, these numbers are near deadlock. We're talking about mere percentage points. How, how, how 50-50 can you go before, and you wonder why things stall, and you wonder why things don't happen. It's ridiculous. So, Commission on Presidential Debates, Gary Johnson, however... Not backing down, listen to this. It shows Johnson polling at 9%, but that was not enough to make the stage. The Commission on Presidential Debates was looking for a 15% threshold, and Johnson did not meet it. So what will he do next? Gary Johnson himself, the former governor and Libertarian Party presidential candidate, joins me now from Los Angeles. Great to see you. Thank you for being here. Brian, I, ha- I have a trivia question for you, and not to put you on the spot, but was I'm ready. Ross Perot... Was Ross Perot polling higher or lower than me uh, before he was allowed in the first presidential debate? I believe he was polling lower. So tell me why you're bringing that up. (laughs) Well, just that uh, after Perot appeared in those debates, uh, Mm -hmm. the Presidential Debate Commission, made up of Democrats and Republicans, set a threshold that will never put a third party on the stage again. And I think most people are surprised by the fact that Ross Perot, who had such a good showing 
uh, at this point, prior to the first presidential debate, was polling lower than I am right now. Now, the Commission on Presidential Debates was established almost 30 years ago. Uh, they say they are nonpartisan. I would call them bipartisan, uh, made up of Democrats and Republicans. And they <laughs> well, say yeah, they have good. to set these rules. Let me play what Mike McCurry said here on CNN yesterday. He was talking about why the bar is set where it is. Uh, let's see if we can play that. Actually, I don't think we have it quite yet, but I'll tell you what he said. Uh, he said that they had to set some sort of threshold, some sort of criteria, so they set the 15% bar more than a year ago in order to give everybody plenty of time to try to meet that, uh, meet that threshold. Wasn't it a failure of your campaign, sir, not to meet the 15% mark? You know what, Brian? Here's another issue is, is I've never had an issue with 15%, but that my name has never appeared on the top line of any national poll. And 99% of the media only reports the top line, so 70% of America right now doesn't even know I'm in the race. So that's manipulation in a way that just goes completely unnoticed by everybody. Look, if Mickey Mouse were on were the third name, Mickey would be at 30 because Mickey is anybody but. But Mickey's not on the ballot in all 50 states. And I'm the only third party, along with Bill Weld, we're the only third party candidates on the ballot in all 50 states. 50% of Americans, when they go to register to vote now, are saying that they are independent. Where is that representation? Well, it's Bill Weld and it's myself. No doubt, I want all Americans to know about your campaign. Let me try another soundbite, though. Let me try Chris Wallace talking to you a couple of months back about what would happen if you didn't make it on the debate stage. Uh, here's what happened. Get on the stage. Would you agree that if you don't get into the debates, it's game over? Uh, winning the election. Yes, I would say game over, winning the election. But uh, the presidential... With that in mind, Gary, what happens after this debate? And now that you won't be on the stage, is the campaign over? Well, no, the, uh, the, the clock still ticks. So getting to 15% and being in the second debate and third debate... Uh, my partner, fiance, best friend, Kate, she said, Gary, this is just your luck. You don't have to hassle with the first debate and you're still going to get elected president. <laughs> the clock still ticks. Gary's now eyeing the second presidential debate, hoping to get his numbers up to 15%. Maybe the publicity, the, uh, the reporting that he's not included, maybe that helps boost him a little bit. I don't know, but... Commission on Presidential Debates, yeah, I think there's I think there's problems there, for sure. That's enough on the CPD, though. By the way, Jill Steen, for those of you interested in hearing Jill Steen, if you have Fox Business, uh, September 23rd, John Stossel, uh, who I am now voting as best news anchor, pundit, whatever you want to call him, I'm now voting him best uh, because not only did he have a libertarian presidential debate and a uh, town hall with Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, but now on September 23rd, he's going to have a town hall with Jill Steen. He's giving Jill Steen airtime, and I'm going to watch just because everybody deserves to be at least heard. So there. So there's that. Now, right now, there's a manhunt underway for... Of course, you must have heard by now of the New York bombing in Chelsea. Also, Seaside Park, New Jersey, where a 5K, where a Marines 5K was taking place 
that one, I believe, was a pipe bomb one-off. Ahmad Khan Rahami is now wanted for questioning in connection with the New Jersey bombing Saturday as well as the New York bombing. Uh, This is all coming from CNN posted today. Quote, New York police announced earlier they are looking for Rahami for questioning in connections with the Saturday bombing in Manhattan's Chelsea neighborhood, which injured 29 people. The bombing in Seaside Park, New Jersey, I believe nobody was injured. So you had Saturday, a garbage can exploding near the starting line of Marine Corps charity run in Seaside Park. Sunday night, a backpack with multiple bombs found in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And Chelsea, New York, bomb detonates, injuring 29 people. Also, uh, Minnesota Mall stabbing, mass stabbing, I believe eight Eight or nine people were stabbed, uh, and ISIS claiming responsibility for the mall attack. We have a lot going on right now, and unfortunately, I believe, I haven't gone into my radio shows yet today, but I intend to after I'm done here, and unfortunately, you're probably going to have a lot of people rushing to talk about what it is and who did it, and there's still details and facts coming out about this. We're still in that window where... I believe you don't really know enough of what happened and what went on and, and who's to blame. Obviously, terrorism is terrorism. And they're looking for a man of U.S. citizenship but Afghan descent, 28 years old, for questioning in this. And right now it's it's speculated. And it's speculated that this was part of a bigger cell that is operating out of New Jersey, supposedly. So we have a lot of we have a lot of things happening and not so much information. The the Minnesota attack that ISIS is claiming responsibility for again seems like not an ISIS operative sent from the Middle East to carry it out, but a man who carried out uh, a horrendous act and ISIS simply stating yeah, that's our guy. ISIS taking credit for it because you know, that's 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 what they do now. That's what they do. I'm not willing to say, like, John Kerry and, and Barack Obama that they're on the run and, and all that, but we are talking, we have some serious issues going on right now, especially, uh, it should be noted, the CNN article that I'm reading is talking about how, it says, direct quote, the series of attacks come as New York hosts world leaders at the United Nations General Assembly this week. Maybe that has something to do with it, maybe not. Um, I don't know. And I don't want to speculate and talk too much about, quote, radical Islamic terrorism or what needs to be done about this. Right now, I'm waiting for more facts. Let's get the real scoop on the story. Let's get some real details instead of just sitting here and speculating. Because sitting here and speculating really doesn't do anything. At this point, we can be thankful that no that there were no deaths registered in all this, but injuries is just as is just as catastrophic, um, just as catastrophic. You never want to hear that twenty nine people were were harmed in a bombing. You never want to hear people were injured in a mass stabbing. You, you don't want to hear that stuff. That's stuff that shouldn't be happening in life anyway. And all this is going along. All this is going on amiss. Uh, gas line leakings, uh, 
down the southern eastern United States, which is possibly driving up prices, but also causing a, a mess of a situation. We have Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton firing back and forth on this. We just had an incident uh, just the other day where U.S. bombers took out Syrian friendlies, not ISIS. They thought it was ISIS, but they took out Syrian friendlies, and now that's raising tensions with Russia. All the while, we seem to have all, all that on the cusp of uh, getting ready to come together with Russia to, to come to a resolution of sorts. It's a mad, mad world right now, people. It's a mad, mad world. If anything, I would say this is the time to really, you know, count your blessings, man. Count your blessings. Be thankful for another day. Be thankful that you're still breathing. And let's, of course, hope that... Let's hope that we can... Make positive steps towards humanity. Positive steps towards peace. Positive steps towards status quo that seems to be long gone. That's all I want to go on for today. My my, my big rant wanted to be on the CPD, and I think I I think I got my I think I drove my point home with that. Um, some of this news it's just it's so fresh and there's so little details other than just the fact that they happened that it it's undeserving of deeper discussion just yet so i'm getting ready to wrap it up it's it's monday night and the eagles play monday night football tonight against the chicago bears we're without zach ertz this week carson wentz it's t- it's now it's time to see how carson wentz will do the Bears' defense is not as formidable as it once was, and it'll be interesting to see how he fares tonight. If he fares like he did against the Browns, then it's start to it's time to start to seriously say, okay, maybe Carson Wentz is the real deal. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Watch it tonight, Monday Night Football, ESPN. So that's going to do it for me, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for considering the Fritzcast as your show of choice. Please like, share, comment, and pass this along to your friends. Remember, it's on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Stitcher. And I'm just a man ranting about whatever's on my mind. Hope to see you all next week. Or rather, I hope you all listen next week. Peace out.